Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Odyssey celebrates Mother's Day. Brought to you by T-Mobile. You can count on T-Mobile to help you stay connected on America's largest 5G network. We're getting you ready for pro football's postseason. Uh, Playoffs? Don't talk about Playoffs? This is a wild card week edition of Danny and Dusty. Injured? Don't trust just anyone to something so personal. Call George McCoy at Warren Allen. Online at warrenallen.com. Danny and Dusty on 1080. You kidding me? Playoffs? The Fan. Hour number two, Danny and Dusty with you. Hey, our, our main man, Danny, is uh, down. He, We have a diagnosis. Oh, do tell. He's got the flus. Hey. Yeah. He uh good. yeah, he 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 sent us a text. He's got he's got he's got he's got the flu. That's not good. No. No. It, which make and he he's have tough time. He's like I want it, I'm being I'm sick of being at home. I was like, "Yeah, well, I don't want you here, man." Yeah. That's a hell of a flu too. I mean, we're going on a week. Yeah. Cuz he was out last Friday. That's right. Yeah. And said he still can got the contagious. Yeah. I don't know, man. man. Poor guy. Yikes. Yep. Feeling for him. Feeling for him. Um, all right. Bill Belichick retired today. This was a tough, or nope, didn't do that. He got fired. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Whoops. Bill Belichick uh, is is still going to coach. And they had the press conference today. I mean, this is like the slowest of cars inching over the cliff. And we all knew it was coming, but. After 24 years as the head coach of the New England Patriots, Bill Belichick is uh, no more the head coach of the Pats. And it was like an emotional day. Like I had, uh, I had buddies that were texting me. Like, and I, I'm not. I'm going to be completely honest. I got choked up listening to Bill Belichick. Yeah, wow. I got. I got like a little. I felt like the tinglys yesterday with Pete Carroll, who was far more eloquent and actually put it together and yeah. like well and personable could like articulate emotion and what it is. Right. But I I felt it with Belichick because he actually did as much as he possibly can open up and and say how much New England meant to him, how much the Patriots organization, the coaches that he was with, and seeing that guy get choked up a little bit, that was a weird feeling. Yeah. Um. And for 24 years, he has been this stone-cold killer on the sidelines. Very rarely do you get to see how Bill Belichick thinks or feels. Mm -hmm. And um, I I think that, like, and I love him as a coach because there are several books about him. There's The Patriot Way. There's Patriot Reign. There is is a really good book about Bill Belichick and his – his childhood, his upbringing, kind of what molded him into the person and the coach that he is. It's called the education of a coach. Mm-hmm. And it goes into 
you know, being that guy who would, or being that kid who would sit there and be with his dad and break down film and watch film and, and be at practices and go to every game. And like, for me, like that, when I read that, I was in college when I read that in that hit home to me because like that was like sort of the stuff that I would do with my dad. And that's a connection that I have. And you, you would always hear about that, that football being that bond between uh, Bill and his, his dad, Steve. And that is like, those were the first times I, I ever knew like the human element of Bill Belichick. Uh-huh. Then you hear like his former players saying he's actually far more personable than you think, but everything outward facing was always just all business, all business locked in stone cold. Yeah. And to hear him finally communicate that one, how much the players and coaches meant to him, Mm -hmm. the fans and what they meant. Like he got choked up talking about the fans and the, the around Boston and in new England and, and saying like even overseas when we went to Germany this year, you can tell that, no matter what, like this is the, not just the end of the era in New England for Bill Belichick, but he knows kind of how special that run was. And I don't think we we don't appreciate greatness at as much as we used to. Right? We used to revere the greats. Right. Right. When like when Nick Saban took over at Alabama, it was you're in the shadow of Bear Bryant. Yeah. Right. Everybody remembered the days of Bear Bryant. Well, it's because for. We're not accustomed to being in the era of the greatest of all time. You're used to having the greatest of all time be somebody in the past. What we do now is we try to find who is the next one. Right. Right? Before before Tom Brady's even gone, people want to say, Patrick Mahomes is going to be the greatest of all time. It's like, dude, appreciate what the hell you have right now. And Bill Belichick and Tom Brady will forever be connected. And they are always going to be together, yeah. and rightfully so. A couple decades together will do that. I think what we know is that Tom Brady, like, it, it was not a 50-50 split. It wasn't. No. No. The most important position in all of sports is quarterback, and the greatest to ever do it was Tom Brady. Yeah. And the fact that he goes to Tampa and he wins a Super Bowl in Tampa, you know, right afterwards, yeah. you know, that exacerbates it. But... Now we want to use this as like a knock against Bill Belichick that Bill Belichick's greatness was only tied to Tom Brady. No, 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 no. You, We cannot separate those two things. Right. Because if that was the case... It doesn't have to be mutually exclusive. Well, if that was the case, then, you know, Joe Montana would have won every Super Bowl. Right. Peyton Manning would have won every Super Bowl. They didn't. Right. It takes a coach and a quarterback... And those guys have got to work together. And that's like, it's the greatest thing about football, in my opinion, is that it's not just one guy. Those two guys in the most two most important positions on that team, being the head coach and the quarterback, they are the reason why they had a two-decade run of dominance. Now, they had their lulls. The defense, like in, in Bill Belichick is a a defensive genius. He is. Their defense was bad at times. They had really bad defenses at times. Every franchise does, but they were always competitive because Tom Brady could rise rise the waters, okay? And then also Bill Belichick was so, he was so smart 
that they the defense, even though they were bad, was able to keep them in games. Like we want to tear these guys apart and separate them. Their greatness was tied together. And Bill Belichick is the greatest coach of all time. Uh, he is because there's you cannot build a championship roster time and time again with the different iterations that they did. Yeah. Without both of those guys being side by side. So now I'm not terribly familiar with it. How far into his tenure did he start taking over like uh, uh, personnel responsibilities? I, it was it was at, it was actually I think their third Super Bowl is when Scott Pioli left. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, and, and if he what being a coach and a GM. He they did it. Look, each one is a terribly difficult job, and to try to do both. Yeah, at times they did it in spite of Belichick. Like in that, that's also like, dude, he wasn't he he wasn't the greatest GM of all time. Yeah, but he's a, he's a damn good head coach, and he's the greatest of all time at that. Well, it's just it's kind of an interesting uh, comparison between you know it's of course happenstance that they did it on consecutive days basically, but comparing him with Saban and the way that their respective tenures ended. Well, Nick Saban and Bill Belichick used to get a hotel room yeah. together. Well, they coached together on the Browns, right? Yeah. Well, yeah, he was his defensive coordinator. But yeah. but prior to that, um, Belichick was in New York, and I can't remember where Saban was, but they would, like, meet in the middle, uh-huh. and they would, like, get a hotel room and just break down film together. <laughs> it's like... Could you, could you imagine those sessions? Miss Terry, Nick Saban's wife, mm-hmm. was probably like, "Is Nick cheating?" No, he's they're just watching film with Bill again. Yeah, like because they weren't supposed to have communication with each other because they were like, a, right? Yeah, where I think one was in Baltimore and one was in New York, and they meet in the middle. It's like, what in the world? Yeah, like, football junkies. And look, we had a twenty-four hour period where the greatest college football coach of all time stepped away, mm-hmm. the greatest NFL coach of all time stepped away. And the greatest coach to cross over and win championships at both stepped away in yeah. 24 hours. Yeah, it's crazy. But I was going to say, it's it, the, the way the last part of Saban's tenure has gone, he was more willing, it seemed, to try to uh, not innovate, but keep up with the times. Yeah. You know, whereas Belichick, it seemed, especially with personnel and whatnot, he was very well rooted in his ways and was like, we're going to do this my way, damn it. Yeah. Dude, it, and they, so hence one guy retires and the other gets shown the door. I'll tell you what, in in like this text, Bill was a good GM when it came to uh, contracts with existing NFL players. The drafting and development, especially on the offensive side, is where he suffered. Absolutely, yeah. He knew when it was time to let go of somebody. Do you know what that like? They were one of the like forefront of background investigating. He would send his scouts like if they had a guy with a first round grade. Back in the day, they'd send guys to, like, their high schools, and they'd say they'd ask the janitor <laughs> how that guy treated people. Yeah. Because if you, like, you can ask the head coach, and the head coach is always going to be glowing, right? Like, oh, of he's course. our guy. Yeah. But how does he treat the janitor? Yeah. Right? Like, how how does he treat the people that not a lot of people will will give the time of day right. or be kind to? Yeah. Like, that was, like, See if you're going to find your Anthony Richardson. Right. And largely, they would ignore a lot of the, <laughs> those <laughs> those encounters because Aaron Hernandez. <laughs> yeah. Oesh. Oh goodness gracious! But uh, Bill Be- Belichick stepped away. That that one hurt my heart. Uh, I have a I have a ton of great memories, man, of, of just being a Patriots fan. And contrary to 
popular belief. I was not a Patriots fan starting in 2001. Like I, I, I've been a Patriots fan my whole life. And I, I've always, I've long said this, that Mike Vesey uh, of the buzz does a morning show on the buzz. Mm-hmm. Mike, I, He's he's from Boston, so we we talk Pats a lot. My neighbor, I have a neighbor who's from Boston, Tim, and I always tell them like, dude, being a Patriots fan now, usually when you say, man, this team makes me feel like a kid again, it's like, hey, it makes me feel young and spry and youthful. No, this the last two (laughs) years, I felt like a kid again because the Patriots suck, and that's what that's what I grew up with, man, and (laughs) I I got so spoiled. Uh, being a fan of that team and watching that process, man, it is, uh, in, in high school, it kind of heightened it as well. Like giving the scrappy little white guys (laughs) (laughs) the feeling that we could be, we could be, look at Wes Welker. We could be Wes Welker. We could be Danny, Danny Amendola or Julian Edelman. Once I got, I got out of high school. Like it was, uh, giving those scrappy little white guys a chance, huh? Even though those guys are freak athletes, but (laughs) He did. He did a lot. He did more with less at the beginning, and then uh, won a hell of a lot of championships. It was pretty awesome. All right, five zero three eight six four six three two six. That's a Vancouver Ford text line. Uh, we head down to Eugene. Matt Preem, twenty four seven Sports Duck Territory, joins us. Uh, what has this last twenty four hours been like uh, covering the Dan Landing saga, and what is the ripple effect moving forward? Danny Dusty on the fan. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink... What you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. This is a Wild Card Week edition of Danny and Dusty. Brought to you by George McCoy at WarrenAllen.com. On 1080 The Fan. Dan Lanning made sure all the Oregon fans' fears were calmed this morning, releasing a video saying, I'm staying at the University of Oregon. It's been a wild 24 hours of information, misinformation, being spouted about after Nick Saban. Uh, hung it up as the head coach of Alabama uh, to talk about uh, the last 24 hours and what the ripple effect is moving forward for this Oregon program. We bring on Matt Preem, 24-7 sports, Duck Territory, kind enough to join us. How you doing, man? 
I'm doing all right. It was a little uh, interesting, as we'll call it, like 18 hours of time period. But we're doing good. We're doing good down here. You know, it was it was wild because I'm I'm sure that that you were getting a lot of the same things that I wasn't. That we were look, we were seeing it online as well. Within the Oregon athletic department within the Oregon program, there was a lot of confidence that Dan yeah. Lanning wasn't going anywhere. But I found it really interesting that we only heard like one little leak from Jaleel Florence saying he's not going anywhere. You know, it, it was that era of confidence is something that I never had felt when Willie Taggart or or Mario Cristobal. Is that the same kind of stuff that you were hearing as well and you were kind of seeing? Yeah. You know, like I I posted something really late last night after I talked to as many people as I possibly could and kind of laid out everything that I was hearing. And one of the things that just stuck out to me was that when Willie was being mentioned with Florida State and when Mario did his dance not once but twice with Miami, you know, every time it was, Hey, we're preparing a patch, a package. We're going to put together something that's really competitive. You know, we feel we'll make a strong offer to counter whatever's coming uh, his way from the other schools. And while Oregon like knows that you know they need to continue to evolve and be innovative and and present you know the resources and the pa- and and the and the facilities and the money that's needed to keep and to maintain what Dan Lanning's building. There wasn't any like discussion of like, oh yeah, we're we're putting together a new, a new package and and we're going to counter it and you know we're we're ready to go. Like there was confidence that with what Lanning has from a contractual standpoint already in place, it was gonna it was gonna withstand it. It was a firewall that they knew wasn't going to get breached, and it didn't. And I think that speaks to a Rob Mullins and his team of putting together a really good deal that good for Dan and good for Oregon, but also like it, Dan's different. He's a different, he's a different cat. He's a different dude. Uh, and I, I think we're seeing that play out. You know, I, you mentioned the contract and how it's kind of ironclad. There are some layers to it and it's more than, you know, just Dan Lanning saying yeah, media day, y'all got $20 million to pay yeah. me. <laughs> you know, it, it, there there's escalators that are, that are kind of put in, in there, and can you kind of explain those protections, you know, at the baseline level of what, why Oregon felt so protected by it? Yeah. I mean, every year he wins 10 games, he automatically gets a year added onto his salary. He automatically gets a pay raise and that bumps everything else up. Um, and, you know, so by 2029, he's going to be making almost, $11 million when you factor in the deferred compensation that he's getting, which is immediately put into uh, a fund for him and deposited by Oregon. So he's getting so the 2029 year, it's like $9.4, $9.6 million. Um, and then on top of that, there's the $1 million deferred interest payment that, that he gets from the University of Oregon. So now you're talking it's $10.6 million. And then he's got clauses and, and some incentive packages where if, if he hits other certain parts of his deal, that contract could go up to $12 million, $13 million by that point. And when that contract rolls, when it eventually gets to the end of the life of that deal, you know, he's going to be making somewhere above 10, $11 million. And he's only going to get more from that. So, 
he's he's in a really good place and it's a really unique deal. I think Rob Mullins yet again shows that he's really good at what he is <laughs> supposed to be doing. Uh and, and Oregon's in a good spot. You know, we're talking with Matt Preem, Duck Territory, twenty four seven sports. Uh this is does this eventually we get to the point where when the coach says the grass isn't always greener, ten toes in the ground in the grass, I'm not going anywhere. Is this where you think most of the fans kind of turn that corner and start believing Dan Lanning? They better. <laughs> <laughs> they better. I mean, I, I joked about it on social media. It's like the video, every time he has been asked uh, about another job being linked to him, he has come out and, and he has been very definitive and uh, passionate about his commitment here. And every time it gets – stronger and stronger and the statement gets more brash and bold and today you know the the way it was in the video of if you're afraid of your coach is leaving come here because i'm not like he just turned down alabama that's the like <laughs> you and i are the same age I, I don't think either one of us ever thought when when we were 23 years old and we were just getting out of college that we would ever say the words an oregon head coach turned down alabama yeah. Yeah. And here we are, and it's real. And so if he's going to turn down Alabama, he, he's going to turn down every other opportunity. And I think really the only reason why he leaves now is he wants to go to the NFL. If that, if that becomes a thing for him, he said today on the Pat McAfee show it's not. Um, but if maybe the NFL becomes a thing for him. Or the more likely scenario, which is extremely unlikely anyways, Oregon doesn't give him the resources, doesn't give him the commitment that he feels – that they need to have to stay relevant in today's world of college football. That's not going to happen, but that feels like the only thing that that's going to deter him away from, from Morgan on his choosing. You know, you mentioned the, uh, I said this earlier and I want to, I want to get your thoughts on this. The, are you scared of your coach leaving uh, come play for us? Is that, was that directed towards Gatlin bear? <laughs> the top one? <laughs> It could be. I mean, it, it very well could be towards Gatlin Bear. It, I think it's more so of just all-encompassing. Yeah. Like, I mean, the people up north in Seattle, Washington, Kellen DeBoer, like, he's being attached to, to the job down there at Alabama. We know about, you know, the stuff with Lincoln Riley and the NFL. Um, you know, I, I, Dan is a different cat. I mean, he he is different. He's not afraid to go out and, and talk his stuff. Uh, and that was just another sign of like, look, I, I'm I'm here. I've said it before. I'm not leaving. This is yet again me saying I'm here. And if you want to come play for a coach that's not leaving, I'm your school. Like he, he's not afraid to say that. What's the ripple effect of this uh, moving forward for Oregon? Because I mean, uh, I think everybody's worst fears were all right. Oregon gets left, and you know it then becomes the stepping stone. Uh, program yet again now that he has solidified himself and he is staying what do you think the ripple effect moving forward is for the Oregon program uh it's only going to go up um I mean it 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 gives him the ultimate weapon on the recruiting trail when he goes and visits John Smith who's a five-star and he's saying you know school x y and z are telling me that you're probably not going to be here for, for my entire career look at the track record of Oregon coaches and Lanning will be able to say, I turned down Alabama. Do you think I'm leaving? Um, and, and that alone is going to be a huge deal. I think recruits will, will gravitate towards that idea that he's he's choosing Oregon. 
Um, and college football is changing. Like, believe it or not, Oregon has a better NIL collective than Alabama does. You know, that they've got the same support from a booster perspective. Um, obviously, Alabama has the recruiting ties, and, and, and they're closer to more players that those two schools are recruiting at. But college football is changing. College athletics is changing. And the old guard will always – there will always be schools from the old guard that, that will continue to be atop the, the hierarchy. But programs that don't traditionally – when we speak traditionally, 50-, 60-year spans, don't have the same built-in advantages as these other schools, they're starting to emerge. And Oregon's one of those schools. And so as long as Oregon has Dan Lanning, as long as they give him the resources that he wants to succeed, I don't know why this – this program isn't going to be a college football playoff contender every year. Uh, doesn't mean they're going to make it every year, but they're going to be in the discussion every single year. And I don't know why, you know, you can't say every couple of years, they're going to be a, a team that's going to have a legitimate chance at, at a national championship. I mean, he's signed the best class in school history. They're reloading a team this year where I think about how the perception of Oregon is now where Bo Nix, who's a generational quarterback, and we could have that discussion about how some people say he's not at another time, but he is a generational quarterback at Oregon, their best receiver at Oregon, a two 1,000-yard rusher uh, running back, he is gone. The Remington Award, the best center in the country, he is gone. Your best defensive player in Brandon Dorless, he is gone. You're losing your best cover corner in Kyrie Jackson, he is gone. And yet through all of that, Oregon is projected by – you look at all across the, the way too really top 25 polls that have come out. Oregon is, is being viewed as a better team in 2024 than what they were in 2023. <laughs> That's wild to think about. Why? why, why so why is there any doubt of where Oregon is going moving forward? As long as you know Dan Lanning is at Oregon, well, they I, are they're going to be here for a while. I think when you when you look at those though, you look at one player development in, in albeit a very short time, we've seen improvements, and then the portal where you replace Bo Nix not with just Dylan Gabriel, but then a future quarterback in Dante Moore who's willing to sit and and watch Dylan Gabriel uh, for next year. I mean, or compete for that job. But we, we all kind of know the sense of of where that job is going. You have that luxury uh, on one hand, and then the transfer portal has been really good in filling the gaps, and they've done an exceptional job at that. Where do you think they go from here? Because we have another signing day period in February, and then uh, they already have a massive class coming in. Signing day seems like it's going to be very quiet for Oregon on the 7th, but what other gaps could you see being filled in, in subtractions from the roster because you have so many guys coming in and not very many guys leaving. Yeah. So there, there are about four or five guys over the scholarship limit. Now that's, that shouldn't be a surprise. Um, This time, I think in February last year, they were like nine guys over the number. It's 85 to give you an idea. If you're you're unaware of that. Um, So the, that that number doesn't concern me. They'll, they will they will get it down, and I won't name names. It's unfair to those players, but it, it's obvious to, to, to go and look at. Okay, who are the, look at players that are upperclassmen that just don't play a lot, mm-hmm. and and look and look at underclassmen that maybe they've over recruited. Um, they brought either a transfer portal player uh, ahead of that guy. Like what happened with Ty Thompson. Um, or they go out and they, you know, they bring a bunch of dudes at the same position in two or three years. 
cycles. And now all of a sudden you've, you've got 16 guys between two, two recruiting classes. Like odds are a couple of those guys probably won't be on the team just from a pure numbers standpoint. So Oregon will get, Oregon will get down to that 85 limit. I, I agree with you. The second signing day will probably be more focused on the additions of the portal guys. Gatlin Bear feels like, at least right now, the only guy that's a high school prospect or a JUCO prospect that is even, you know, in play for Oregon. Could could that change? Sure. Maybe, maybe a new name pops up. Maybe when uh, the coaching carousel, the Alabama job will, will restart the coaching carousel. And new names from head coaching standpoints will leave, and that will open up players that will ask out of their NILs, and uh, that's what maybe something from there happens, but you can't count on that. So I think it's predominantly going to be portal. They've got a really good portal class. Uh, we know they're looking at five-star receiver, Evan Stewart. He's the second best player in the transfer portal. Uh, he's a sophomore receiver from Texas A&M. Has two years of eligibility left. Oregon's the favorite there. So they're kind of focusing on receiver. I think they could look at defensive line. Um, it wouldn't surprise me if, if maybe they go and add a, a defensive back, whether it's a cornerback safety or, or both. Um, but it, I think it's going to be some very select portal ads if they add anybody else to this mix. Uh, and that's probably what signing day will be, will be about. And for Oregon, that's a good thing because as Dan Manning said today on the Pat McAfee show, like today's 2025 recruiting focus. Like they're, they're diving in knee deep. They've already made a couple scholarship offers today. They made a couple scholarship offers yesterday. Uh, and so while schools, some schools across the country in the next couple of weeks are going to be hosting 2024 prospects for official visits, uh, Oregon's bringing in portal guys and they're bringing in 2025 guys. Uh, Jordan Davis, a five-star running back from Southern California is going to be on campus here in a couple of weeks for an unofficial visit. Um, you know, he's going to be one of many underclassmen visiting Oregon during this open period for a couple weeks. Well, now uh, Dan Landing's staying in Oregon. You got to win the big ones now. I think that's yeah, that's the to. one moving forward. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it, the he's got to beat Washington. Yep. He, he's he's got to beat his rivals. Uh, and you you set yourself up where there's no excuse. Like it's the most talented roster on paper in Oregon history. They're going to be one of the more talented teams in college football next season. Um, and for the next foreseeable future. So you've got to win the big ones. And that's kind of what he's been talking about. The standard is the very best. And we're going to start comparing Oregon to those other schools that are competing to the very best and where they stand. We'll, we'll see how it shakes out. Matt, I appreciate your time. Uh, are you, uh, are you grilling anything? Is it, are no, you, you shutting the grill down cold. for the season? It's a little cold right now. I mean, it's hard to maintain the, Trying to maintain the heat. Um, I'm not one of those guys that likes to put a um, like a vest. They have those vest things that you can put on your smokers, yeah. and that just that, that, I'm not going to go that way. So I, I'm I'm done probably for a couple months. All right, all right. Well, we're going to have you on again sometime soon then, and especially when the weather comes out, and uh, you can tell us what you're grilling then. Appreciate the Sounds time, good. man. Absolutely. There he is, Matt Preem, 24/7 Sports Duck Territory. Um, look. All of this is everything right now is rose colored glasses, right? All things are up. But at the end, I think that's where the rubber meets the road for Dan Lanning in this Oregon program is that when you turn down Alabama, when you stay, when you have back to back loaded recruiting classes, when you will bolster your your class 
through the portal and bolster your roster through the portal, now is where the rubber meets the road. You're entering the Big Ten, and where, look, I think the bottom of the Big Ten is not as good as the bottom of the Pac-12. Right. Oh, I, yeah. I, I I do believe that mm-hmm. the top is tougher. Yes. And there will be tough, more tough games over the course of the of the season. But the bottom of the Big Ten is not as good as the bottom of the Pac-12 was. And when I say the bottom, I don't mean the worst teams. I'm talking like your bottom three in each conference. Like there, there is that. But you got to play a different brand of football. Washington found that out in the national title game. Mm-hmm. And Oregon has got to start winning, one, the games that matter against teams like Washington. Mm-hmm. And then you got to win uh, the games that matter of the new conference, the new rivalries that are going to arise. And that is where Oregon's program is at at this point. And that's where, like, Lanning, staying at Oregon is is signaling, no, the expectation should be elevated here. Yeah. And now is where the rubber meets the road. Well, and with DeBoer reportedly being the favorite for Alabama, it'll be interesting to see if Lanning has a Washington problem or a Caleb DeBoer problem. Hey, we've got a double dip of worst day on the webs because one involves the Washington Huskies. The other involves the news report that uh, sent sent Twitter into a frenzy last night. First is Rust with SportsCenter. This is a Wild Card Week edition of Danny and Dusty. Brought to you by George McCoy at WarrenAllen.com. On 1080 The Fan. It's time for today's worst day on the web. With Danny and Dusty on Odyssey and 1080 The Fan. Man, that sucks. I got a double dip of worst day on the web today. Uh... First is, Husky fans, it's okay. Your coach is not on the way to Tuscaloosa. Okay? Also, it could be best day on the web for Coog fans because apparently uh, Coog fans, maybe Duck fans, were trolling one uh, uh, fan base here in that they went into Fly to Wear and they scheduled like the, you can do in Fly to Wear, apparently. I don't know how to do this. But, like, you can do the scheduled flight right. from one place to another. Uh-huh. And they did that Seattle to Tuscaloosa. <laughs> and they somebody did it to Oregon yesterday. Right. It was Eugene to Tuscaloosa flight. Yes. It's a hoax. There, they, Apparently that is not true. There is not a plane going from Seattle to T- Tuscaloosa, Alabama today. So you can breathe easy, Husky fans, for, for today. now. <laughs> well, no, next, no. next hour or so? For literally this minute that I'm talking right now. <laughs> Okay, because Alabama is gearing up towards Kalen DeBoer. If Jim Harbaugh bolts for the NFL, I'm telling you this right now, Michigan is probably going to be kicking the tires on Kalen DeBoer as well. Yeah. He's a Midwest guy. So uh, keep that in the back of your little thinker up there. (laughs) The real worst day on the web, though, is this comes from KVAL. Brandon Cameron is a reporter for KVAL. And uh, this was a tough look on KVAL News last night. Greg Byrne, the athletic director at Alabama, has ties to Eugene. His dad was uh, athletic director at Oregon, yeah. uh, so he knows Eugene well. Uh, Lanning, of course, was on the staff there in, in 2015. Uh, and so, I mean, a lot of things make sense here, but he doesn't want egg on his face. And, uh, well, 
Yeah. Uh, I'm wondering if he, you know, he, he said those maybe not knowing that this job opportunity was going to come. This is yeah. Alabama's a different animal. Yeah, this is something that no one thought was coming today. Everyone was shocked by this. Yeah, and as we did report before, I do, I previously worked in Alabama and Tuscaloosa. Of course, I do have some sources there who did confirm that Lanning is in Tuscaloosa, in Alabama. It doesn't mean the job is signed, a contract is signed, but he's there. And uh, what I was told is the players were told a decision will be made in the next 72 hours there in is. Alabama. Still that $20 million buyout. Got to figure that out. Yeah, yeah that's going to be interesting. Uh, Dan Lanning was not in Tuscaloosa, Alabama. No. In fact, on his appearance on the Pat McAfee show today, Dan Lanning addressed that that report. It was a distraction last night. My my 13-year-old son, Caden, we just started watching the Bo- Jason Bourne movie. Hell yeah. You're oh, on Jason nice. Bourne, and my phone's blowing up, and it's like... <laughs> Dad, it says it says you're in Tuscaloosa right now. It's like we're watching Jason Bourne. Focus on the movie. <laughs> Put your phone on. Do not disturb. So it interrupted what we were we were in on last night. But uh, yeah, we got great players that we're we're looking to sign. All that became a distraction for sure. You got players on our team reaching out, and they, they know where I'm at. Ten toes down. <laughs> How about that? Like he's got 13 year old kid, which all kids, if they have a phone, they're on it at all times. Even if Jason Bourne. And you're watching it for the first time is on. Yeah, um, I just want to know which one were they watching. Well, he said they would. They were just starting it, so oh, I think okay. it, I think they're in like maybe the number born one, identity. like the born identity. Gotcha. Yeah. All right. Yeah. That's these are the pressing questions that that Jeff Russ. That's asked what I here. said from the station Twitter account this morning. The world needs to know which which born movie. Well, hopefully we get the answer. Right. I mean, we're waiting with bated breath here. Yeah. On what born movie it was. I believe it was the original. If he says we just started watching the Jason Bourne movies, yeah. I would assume that means number one, the there Bourne identity. Right. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know, though. We don't want to assume. As long we- as it's not the Jeremy Renner one. I don't want to put fake... Wait. Oh, that was the most recent one. Hey, uh, by the way, Jeremy Renner looked healthy. I saw a picture of him the yeah. other day. Yeah. Looking good. Yeah. I was worried. He almost died. He almost died. He almost died. Freak snowplow accident. Saving his nephew? Crazy. Wow. Speaking of him, uh, yeah. uh, I, I wrapped up the uh, Mayor of Kingstown show. I don't, no know idea. I don't know if they're going with new seasons, but they have two seasons under their belt. It's on Paramount Plus. Okay. Yeah, he plays kind of a, uh, uh, he's like a liaison between basically gangs on the street and criminals in prisons and the, between them and then also like the corrections officers oh. and police and tries to keep everybody happy. Oh. Yeah. It's a, it's a good Renner? show. Jeremy Renner? That's Jeremy Renner yep. in it? And yep. it's a show. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Two seasons on there. Okay. It's a good one. Well, all right. Yeah. He's good. He's doing good. He's doing good. He's good. alive. Good for very, him. Very much alive. Yay. Very much alive. Um, but this uh, this all leads to, like, and look, Cameraman is getting crushed, and rightfully so for this. Like, you, you have a report like that on a story this big, especially locally. Yeah. That that's brutal. Yeah. But this always goes back to in any of these instances, you have to know in any coaching search, you don't know right until the coach addresses it himself in finality. Right. Well, and like you have keep... to, you have to wonder like how inside this guy's source was too. You know what I mean? Like in what part of a circle? I mean, I mean obviously he obviously had to be somewhere none. in there. Well, but he had to be somewhere in there because he trusted him enough to go with this. Like you, well, but I mean, I don't. But do you, like, what does that text even look like? Like, oh, he's coming to Bama. Like right. he's he's coming to Bama. He'll be like, did somebody text him, like he'll be in Bama today? Yeah. 
right? Like, by today. Right. And it's like, that's what you run with? No. No. No, you don't. You don't. You don't run. And that's the thirst to be first is way better right now than being right. And, like, you can't, like, I can't tell you how many texts I got, like, from people asking, like, hey, what's going on? And, like, the only text that I was receiving was, like, he's not going anywhere. You don't, but you don't run with any of that because you don't know. Right. You do, like, a coach can say, I'm not going anywhere and then go somewhere else. Like, that can happen. And you just got to take the people for their word. And Lanning has, was pretty definitive in it. And he was definitive in it in, in a different way than what we've heard before. Like, everybody's like, we, we, we're still getting the text of, like, Lanning could still leave. You know, Nick Saban said it. That was, everybody looked at what Nick Saban said. was like, that that yeah. didn't seem believable. Yeah. Mario right. Cristobal, everybody's like, that sounds like a guy who's good, it's gone. Right. Willie Taggart, they were like, that wasn't even committal. <laughs> yeah. 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 And, 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 you know, maybe it's naivety, cre- naivete creeping in, but I, I believe him. He sounds credible. He sounds like he means it. Full-throated. Yeah. Yep. Ten toes down. Uh, uh, yes. Be where your feet are. All right. Um, 503-864-6326. That's the Vancouver Ford text line. Um, we're waiting for that other shoe to drop next on the fan. This is a Wild Card Week edition of Danny and Dusty. Brought to you by George McCoy at warrenallen.com. On 1080 The Fan. You know, there's times, Rust, where you knock it out of the park with your uh, bumper music and like with Brady Henderson earlier today. Mm-hmm. He was like, oh my gosh, I don't know if this was for me being a Seattle guy. Yeah, but the old Screaming Trees. Screaming Trees, thank you. This is one of my favorite bands. There's times like this where I'm like... I'm glad we don't have a guest leading into this one because I don't think that anybody's going to be like, hey, you know what? I'm a big Elvis Costello fan. I bet you there are lots of big Elvis Costello fans. You think? Yeah. You think? I mean, everybody's got groupies, right? Well, yeah, everybody does have groupies. Well, I mean, Screaming Trees, we never really thought, but I mean, at least... At least they have the... Elvis Costello was a big deal for a long time. You... Yeah. Was... We, our boomer guests are going to be like, hey, <laughs> I appreciate that. That was good. That was a good little jam you got there. It'd be somebody to be like, hey, you know what? I haven't heard Elvis Costello for a long time. Thank a long, that. long time. All right. Hey, we've got a, a little bit of injury updates in the NFL. Um, waiting for the other shoe to drop on this one. On Sam Laporta, his injury for the Detroit Lions doesn't look good. Like he's going to play knee injury, obviously. Uh, he's going to be out. But also, um, we have to take a look at some of the other big injuries because today in practice in Cleveland, Denzel Ward got injured. Knee injury. Kevin Stefanski said he was limited in practice. Top defense in the NFL, maybe out without a Pro Bowl corner on the outside. But Grant Delpit, who is uh, their top one of their top safeties, he has already been ruled out for this game. So in a secondary, as you're going up against a Texans team, when C.J. Stroud that will want to stretch you vertically, uh, you could be without your best corner and one of your best safeties uh, going up against the Texans. That is something I'm keeping an eye on. Saturday. That game's Saturday. Yeah. Wild card Saturday. Um, so uh, we're going to keep an eye on Denzel Ward's injury. And also, out of Philly, 
Not the most reassuring news. No. Jalen Hurts said that today, and he did a little bit of light throwing, very light throwing, uh, on the side. And it was just like kind of check down stuff. He said before practice he hadn't even attempted to throw a football this week with that dislocated middle finger on his throwing hand. And think about how you throw a football in the way that you grip it. There's a lot of torque that does come off that middle finger. Yeah. Now, a dislocated finger is, I mean, something that you could feasibly play through. But that's your uh, a big control finger when you're throwing a football yeah, on your follow-through and your release. So uh, that's something to keep an eye on. And then also A.J. Brown not even seen at practice during the media, availabil- uh, media availability uh, at the beginning of practice. And he, remember, he left first quarter of that game in Week 18 with a knee injury. Against the Giants. Mm-hmm. Not looking great for a team that's skidding their way into the postseason no. in Philadelphia. Eesh. Yeah. Uh, might, all right. I might have to go change my pick. Yeah, my my pick, picks have been not good to me this year. Yeah. I went on a bit of a hot streak at the end of the end of the Hell season yeah, to, you to, did. to finish a game over five hundred. Uh, I finished the regular season 41, 47 and two. Yeah. Uh, Danny's hot streak continued. He finished the regular season 51, 34, and 5. You were 44, 43, and 3. Three ties. Yeah. And Danny had five? Yeah. Dear I'm God. not sure. I think, how does he have more games on there than we do? Like, the maths don't add up. That's what I thought last week, He's, but I, I think it does. I wonder if he double-dipped in a week or something. You. I mean, yeah, I mean, he has 90 games on there. Yeah. How many do we got? All right, we got... Uh, I got 90. Hang yeah. on. Okay, well, maybe not. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Maybe your math's wrong. Could be. You better check your hypotenuse, bro. All right. Uh, let's get to the picks. Playoff picks uh, to start off our number two. Plus, we're waiting for one big name to make a call. Danny and Dusty on the fan. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. 